You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Thursday, 7 December, Chinese November exports year-on-year came in at plus 0.5%. That's the first positive number in six months. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb offices in Gauteng and Johannesburg. On the show today, Mateta Talari from RMB. I want to touch on the rand. We've seen the US dollar index weakening, although it's picked up a little bit in the last week or so. But M currencies are strengthening. The rand, no, we're trading out at 19. What's happening here? Dr. Rulof Boerter, the Afrimat Construction Index, um, lots of green shoots. We've seen them in the previous quarters and they seem to be continuing into Q3. Karen McKinnon, she from Uber Home Loans. If you're going to be getting a bonus, and that might be a very big if in this market, questions are, what are some of the options that you can do with your bonus around the home that you want to buy, have bought, uh, or have a bond on? This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. National Council of Provinces passes contentious NHI bill. Business bodies are set to petition President Ramaphosa, requesting that he refer the bill back to the National Assembly for amendment. Business day, British American tobacco burns. Stock plunges 10%, wiping $146 billion off the market cap. This as they announce write-downs of $25 billion sterling. That is half a trillion rand. Morning markets. US was red. S&P was 0.4. NASDAQ down 0.6%. Over in the east, also red. Sydney down 0.1%. Tokyo down 1.6%. Commodities are mixed. Gold slightly higher at 2047. Brent under pressure at 74.64. Platinum down at 8.93. Palladium a few dollars higher, 9.47. Rand 18.99. Bitcoin 44,000. 10 cent off Two and a quarter percent in the lunchtime break in Hong Kong. And top 40 opening call, uh, 210 points to the downside. That's almost a third of a percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Today now with uh, Mateta Tulari, he's head FX execution at RMB. Mateta, as I said there in the intro, uh, less over perhaps the last uh, sort of this week, but we'd seen a, a US dollar that was uh, weakening in the process. Yet Iran was weakening as well, as opposed to other EM currencies which were strengthening in the in, in, in the meantime. Is this something which just sort of happens from time to time? Is there a bigger underlying reason behind it, per chance? Good morning, Simon. I suppose the global financial market sentiment has largely been risk on, right? However, the US dollar has weakened, but I suppose the RAND's weakness is largely due to our domestic noise and domestic issues. I think we're missing out on the increased risk taking appetite globally. I mean, you know, the RAND consequently remains at the bottom of the EM currency ranking. Um, I think just on year on a year-to-date mm. basis, we've lost about 10% uh, to the dollar. I mean, we are missing out on the improvement also in the metals prices space and in the commodity space. Now, if you think about it, load shedding really remains a bind on growth and obviously the investor sentiment. And also, you know, the issues at Transnet are really enormous. And I think the worsening logistical problems that we've seen this year 
has also negatively affected state revenues. And obviously, you know, foreign investor sentiment into the country will also be dampening. I mean, you're already seeing uh, the likes of France coming out to say that if there's no structural reform in the country, there's no investment that's coming. There's no FDI that's coming mm. into the country. Now, the inadequate performance at Transnet and ESCOM versus the demand has increased um, economic growth concerns and obviously the negativity for the markets and investors. I mean, you're already seeing, even in the bond space just last week, um, you know, sentiment towards SA has soured. You've seen, uh, you know, foreigners really selling government bonds. Uh, That's obviously an indicator of, uh, you know, the confidence in the country. But also, if you think about the financially strapped uh, SOCs, I mean, just like uh, Transnet, they've received a 47 billion billion rand um, extension of government guarantees. That's allowing it to issue more favorably priced debt, which likely will be utilized to raise more debt uh, to pay off existing obligations, which are, uh, you know, shortly falling due. You know, it, it just feels like at this point in time, it's obviously adding to the negative sentiment towards the rand. And obviously, um, you know, this is something that's going to feed through into the ratings agencies. Uh, I think they're going to be watching this very cautiously. Also, I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, over the next uh, few months, and obviously we just don't know when the date is, but, you know, more or less, it looks like we will be heading into the election season around May. That's when the elections will be taking place, Um, you know, but obviously the hard stop is that elections need to happen before August next year. But nonetheless, all of these things are obviously um, coming to the fore. They're obviously impacting the RAND. And this is why we're saying, I mean, even the Minister of Electricity, Jose Zer, Ramachopa obviously alluding to the fact that, you know, even diesel spend at ESCOM has obviously also increased quite substantially. Um, all of these things are unfortunately factoring themselves into the rand, and um, this is where we're finding ourselves for. And I think for me, the worry is also what's going to happen to the inflation basket the more yeah. the rand stays here. I mean, we've we've had a good run in terms of petrol prices coming off over the past two months. Hopefully, if the rand can, um, you know, find its feet and you know retrace like the rest of the EM basket, hopefully that does um, help us somewhat come back into you know below that five point nine rate at least around that 5% mark on inflation to keep interest rates, um, you know, and the, and the NPC also not to think about hiking. But at this point in time, with a lot of event risk and also a lot of data risk, as we go into the close of the year, um, anything is possible. And obviously tomorrow we've got the non-farm payrolls yeah. out of the U.S. That, that could also rattle the cage. So at this point in time, it looks like obviously we're moving from one data point to the next. And obviously we know December liquidity is very thin in the market and very skittish. So it's going to be an interesting close into the year. Yeah, I take your point. In many senses, is an own goal, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Oil's going so nice. We need the rent to come to the party. We can get that petrol cheap again. But yeah, to Tulari, head FX execution RMB. Appreciate the early morning. Our poll today, LinkedIn and X is about the rent. What do you think? Is it politicians? Is it markets? Or is it just one of those things that happens? And in time, it will correct. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and X. Your money can do more when it's investing with conviction. Our partnership with J.P. Morgan Asset Management gives you access to in-depth, broad market research and high-return investment strategies. So invest in a select set of companies with long-term structural growth potential with Stanlib's Global Growth Fund. Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. 
MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with uh, Dr. Rulof Borta, uh, the AFRIMAT Construction Index, third quarter 2023. Rulof, appreciate the early morning. We had seen in the second quarter when we chatted a nice little uptick. Uh, third quarter this year in the index, uh, I mean, really strong. Uh, trading up, what, highest since uh, Q4 of, of 2016. And uh, a, an encouraging sign that the, the green shoots we had seen continue to grow. Yes, uh, uh, morning, Simon, certainly in this sector. Uh, and, and this is such welcome news after the disappointing GDP figures. Mm. Uh, but we know what we know what went wrong there. I mean, the combination of high interest rates at Durban Harbour and load shedding <laughs> put paid to uh, any prospect of uh, meaningful positive GDP growth. Uh, but the fourth quarter should be a lot better, especially with the uh, retail shopping spree associated with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the mm. Christmas shopping. But back to construction, uh, I mean, this is very encouraging. I was... Um, slightly surprised at the quarter on quarter growth of um, more than nine percent i mean that is really good stuff and that wholesale construction trade i mean that's the the chart that absolutely jumps out at me truthfully we have seen some of that in in results coming through most notably from afrimat and and others but that are a a, a really really strong looking uh, uh, update there and again boding very well for the sector and job creation hundred and forty five thousand new jobs Yes, uh, in fact, in the, in the second quarter, if my memory serves me well, was the first time ever that the construction sector uh, was number one uh, on on a quarter to quarter basis mm. for new job creation. I think in that quarter alone, they created something like hundred thousand jobs, uh, and most of them apparently in the formal sector. Uh, what we're, worries me a little bit about uh, the stats essay data on the, the value added in the on the sector. But one must remember it's only the contractors that they include in there, is that they've got negative growth for the construction mm. uh, value added in both on a quarter-on-quarter quarter and a year-on-year year basis. But employment has just taken off, and there's a very uh, 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 predictable correlation between labor remuneration, employment, and value added. So uh, uh, somewhere <laughs> something went wrong there. But it does seem as if both the private and the public sectors um, are coming to the party as as far as uh, the construction sector is concerned. Unfortunately, the Reserve Bank is not coming to the party. Yeah, uh, interest rates still at those those what eleven seven five. I mean, at at, at at record highs. If you look forward, I mean, so obviously there'll be the fourth quarter report, and then we'll go into next year. I mean, there's some pen- potential here of good momentum. I mean, we've got Sanrio reissuing tender requests. We need infrastructure repairs. You think Transnet? You think Eskom? Of course, we need the state to do that, which has its own challenges. But then renewable energy spend, which of course is is in private hands and and happening apace. Yes, uh, I've got no doubt in my mind that the renewable energy spend, um, mm. uh, especially with with the, the wind, uh, the wind construction. I've, I've had some discussions with some of the major construction companies in South mm. Africa, and they are uh, really involved in. I think we've um, one of them uh, alone has been involved in uh, the installation of two gigawatt of uh, wind wind installations, wind turbines. That, that requires a lot of construction work, more than. Just a solar panel on the top <laughs> of your of your house. <laughs> Another the one area that was poorly value of of building plans passed, buildings completed at larger municipalities. Is that is that the pressure from interest rates? Because you know I'm, I'm thinking particularly you know corporates get to build, but of course individuals as well. Yes, um, I'm I'm looking at a, a slide here where you see the uh, uh, the number of applications for new mortgage bonds. Mm-hmm for home purchases by better bond going one way and that's south mm-hmm. 
and uh, it, it crosses the interest rate line which goes north uh, and that is purely as a result of the interest rates which I find totally ridiculous. We've never had demand inflation in our economy and your capacity utilization in manufacturing still has not recovered from pre-COVID levels. So, you know, to, to con- you know, the interest rate increases were just, uh, were just crazy and uh, unwarranted as far as I'm concerned because the Reserve Bank places way too much emphasis on the inflation expectation survey, yeah. um, which includes the expectations from trade union leaders who have not necessarily <laughs> studied economics, <laughs> not even in grade one. <laughs> and, and, and frankly, want high expectations because truthfully, they're going to get uh, higher wage increases for their members. We'll leave it there. Dr. Rolof Boerter talking the Afrimat Construction Index. Always appreciate the early morning. If seagulls were hard ours who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Kareen McKinnon, head of sales for Uber Home Loans. Kareen, appreciate the time today. For those of us lucky enough to get a bonus this year, there's options we can do with it, particularly around our home, around home loans. But before we get to some of those ideas, some of your data shows that actually the average monthly gross salaries for applicants is actually quite chunky, just under 57000 a month, and has increased quite favorably over the last couple of years. It has, Simon. So yeah, you know, 2023 has not been all doom and gloom. And certainly our data is showing that the average monthly earnings and salaries have increased from 2020 to 2023 by roughly 28.8%, resulting in an average gross salary or gross earnings of about 56,700 rand a month, which is quite a significant jump in a three-year period. Yeah, and particularly it's been a tough three years. So for the folks out there lucky enough to get a bonus this year, the first easy win is put it in your bond. It reduces the money that you owe. It also, if you've got an access bond, acts as a bit of an emergency in case 24 is a bit tougher than this year. Correct. So certainly, you know, putting some of the bonus that you're earning, if you are receiving a bonus into your bond repayment to make a lump sum repayment, could reducing your monthly repayments and also allow you to pay off the bond a little bit faster. So, you know, if you have the extra money, if you put it in, then it also might protect you from any potential future rate hikes, albeit, you know, the global sort of outlook is that rates have sort of reached their peak. But, you know, your guess is as good as mine. But yes, it would certainly help by making a lump sum repayment into your bond. And you mentioned rate hikes. I've got to be honest, my heart starts beating a little faster. But <laughs> you're right. The consensus is next year is going to be about rate cuts. Another option mm. for people who don't yet own a home, who are looking perhaps to buy in 2024 there are two expenses they can save towards one is transfer fees but the other is also a deposit and i can't help thinking the better your deposit perhaps the better the lender looks in you in terms of granting a home loan and maybe even a slightly better rate that is 100 percent correct simon so you know we have seen an increase year on year in the size of de- deposits mm-hmm. bringing the average deposit amount to around about 137,000 at the moment And the reason for that is certainly that when the lender 
and the financial institution is looking at the deal in question, if the risk is reduced, so you're taking a 90% bond because you've managed to put in a 10% deposit compared to a 100% bond, certainly the terms and the rates would be more favorable when the banks have a reduced risk. So 100% correct, it does help you long-term to put down a deposit in terms of securing the property and then obviously getting the best deal from one of the lenders. You mentioned the other use of the potential Mm -hmm. bonus that could be used towards your property transfer costs. So, you know, on average, the average purchase price at the moment that we're tracking in the market is about 1.4 million. And the transfer costs are then calculated at just under 90,000, 89,000. So, you know, that would be a big percentage of paying your transfer fees if you were getting the average salary and a bonus on that. You could absolutely use that towards your costs. Yeah, those transfer costs, I think, surprise a lot of people. We know they're there, but that that number arrives from the transfer attorney and it's a bit of an eye-opener. The fourth option is to perhaps fix up the home a bit. And, And I think folks are looking at that and thinking, we don't have budget for that. That's a giant number. But there are some clever things. I mean, in the note you put out, just a lick of paint. And that not only makes it look pretty, which of course is where we spend our time. So licks live in a lovely place. It does help the valuation if you are looking to sell at some point. That is correct. So, you know, sometimes it is just a small cosmetic changes within the house, which potentially could be some paint or just, you know, modernizing the finishes in the bathroom. So there's small wins that you can make that can increase the value of your property. So if you are looking to sell, then that might be a good way to use your bonus and potentially do a few small things to the property. Just bearing in mind that, you know, customers and home buyers should never really overcapitalize, you know, in terms of their purchase price compared to what they're spending in renovations. But sometimes it's small wins that can certainly add value to the property. Is there a rule of thumb around that overcapitalization? Because it's something which I've always been very, very aware of, but never sort of known if there was a line in the sand or where it might be. So that would really be to try and understand what's happening in the market that you're currently in. You know, what are the sales going for? You know, what is the comparative market analysis in the area that you're living? So, you know, if you've purchased a property for 1.1 million and now the average properties are selling for 1.3, you'd be overcapitalizing if you went and spent a half a million rand on upgrading your property potentially. So it does depend on what's happening in your current market that will determine whether you're overcapitalizing or not. I get your point. It's a dynamic number and you get a sense of what is going through in the area because it's going to be different for the different areas. We'll leave that there. That's Karina McKinnon. Head of sales, Uber Home Loans. Appreciate the time. That's it for today. We were chatting with uh, Johan Els yesterday from Old, uh, Old Mutual's chief in- economist, talking that uh, third quarter GDP, which, which came in negative, only slightly, but still. And we asked if you thought the fourth quarter would be negative, leading ultimately to a technical recession. Over half of you said, yep, yes, we are in trouble. Just over a quarter said, you know what, it actually doesn't matter regardless, even if we avoid the recession. We're simply not growing. The rest said, nope, it'll be fine. We will avoid that recession. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and X. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning. The Money Web website's in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobuchle, Nicole Masechle, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow, climate change and farmers. 
You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.